uh, one will conquer the other two. Although the other two may have some influence, there's, there's uh, some conquering. So, Krishna, we want to take uh, verse 11. Just so you know, when you see a V mm -hmm. proceeded or uh, coming after a consonant, mm -hmm. it's pronounced like a W. Okay. So that would after be okay. Sat, Satwam. Satwam. Yeah. Okay. So if it's after uh, a vowel, it's like a V. Thank you so much. Yeah. Either way is okay. Okay. But if you so. want to polish it, so, what in the heck is Krishna saying here? The manifestation of the modes of goodness can be experienced when all the gates of the body are illuminated by knowledge. What are the nine gates? The mouth, the ears, the eyes, the genitals, Yeah. Well, how can your genitals be illuminated by the mode of knowledge? By knowledge. Practice and cleanliness. Yeah. <clears throat> and a behavior. In other words, uh, the genital is not agitated by the mind when it's in this mode of knowledge. Now we're not talking the knowledge of how to pick someone, pick someone up at a bar. Mm -hmm. That's also knowledge, but that's knowledge in the modes of passion and ignorance, you see. But uh, the eyes are illuminated by knowledge when they want to see something beautiful, Krishna's beautiful form. Or sometimes we may see something beautiful that reminds you of Krishna, makes you think of Krishna. The person next to you may not think anything about God. Like a beautiful sunset. You know, here in Arizona, we get very beautiful sunsets. We start to t accept them as just normal. We're, uh, you know, it gets to the point where we're not so impressed anymore. We've seen really great. You go someplace else for a while and you think, wow, where's the sunset? You know, I was expecting my evening light show from Krishna. So the devotee sees something like that or a beautiful mountain. You see, if you go to Mount Lemon, you might look at all of this around you. It's very beautiful. And you think, this is just a spark of your splendor. You see, uh, the ears are trained by the 
uh, transcendental knowledge. We want to hear. I want to hear chanting. I want to hear Krishna Kata. Let's talk about Krishna, his pastimes, and his attributes, his sweetness, his personality. His, you see. So, what about that last one we were talking about? What was the last one you mentioned? That last gate? Yes. <laughs> yeah, how does that get illuminated by knowledge? Food. Proper food. Proper <laughs> diet. Food that's offered to Krishna uh, along with cleansing. You know, a lot of people in the Western world have no idea how to cleanse themselves. You people from India are snickering, aren't you? Because you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know, so people in the Western world don't, you know, just dab it with some tissue and it's, everything's okay, you know. So that's unacceptable when you get in other parts of the world. So, you know, see what knowledge, it affects everything. If you can uh, inject spiritual knowledge into your mind, then it starts to interface in the transcendental way with the other gates. What I see, what I hear, what I say, what I eat, these become very important, you see. So a lot of people wonder, what does that mean? All the gates of the body? How do they become illuminated by knowledge? You know? How do you teach your anus new tricks? <laughs> How do you give it knowledge? Well, you can. So there. Badhasundari, number 12. Yeah. Here it comes. Nova Pratiti Arabaha Karmanai Ashama Spiha Tadasi Ekani Jayante Vinchike very good. Um, when we uh, read Bhagavad Gita, we have a tendency in the beginning to skip over the Sanskrit because I don't want to learn that right now. I just want to get to the words. Right. So, but it's good to, you know, to get, de develop that. Um, it takes a little bit different role of the tongue. Like in Espanol, there's a little different roll there. So there's a different sweetness that the, the mouth has to, to do to make the Sanskrit come out sweet. But it's very sweet. Krishna spoke in this language, you know. So you better learn it because when you get back to Godhead, you won't understand what they're talking about. <laughs> They'll say, where's the bathroom? They'll say, okay. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> what? 
did you read the translation? See, that's very logical, isn't it? Uh, why does Krishna call Arjuna chief of the Bharatas? Yeah. Who are the Bharatas? And what do we care? It's like the origin of their dynasty. Yeah, yeah. India. The chief of Bharatwarsh. India, Bharatwash, or Bharat Barsha, if you want to say it in American, Bharatwash. So he's the chief of the Bharatas, my leading citizen. You know, like we often hear um, somebody will talk about their police force as, say, Tucson's finest, meaning all of them. And of those, there may be one who's the leader. So of the warriors, of the policing force, the Kshatriyas of Bharatwarsh, you are the chief of the Bharatas. You know? So when there's an increase in the mode of passion, the symptoms of great attachment, uh, fruitive activity, and intense endeavor, and uncontrollable desire and hankering, uncontrollable desire. We see that, don't we? People in the mode of passion, when they want something, it's like, oh, you know, those like, they'll go over, under, around, or through anything or anybody that gets in their way. And uh, some people applaud that. Well, they're determined. So that's good if you're pursuing uh, Krishna, a devotional service. But if you're just uh, intensely de desiring and hankering after some material nonsense, which isn't going to do you any good, probably cause you more suffering, then it's pitiable. You know, you, you poor soul. You have aimed your potency at something that will not give you any happiness. You see, you get uh, uncontrollable desire and hankering. What does that lead to? Lamenting. Because you can't get, material uh, nature does not fully satisfy these things. It'll shift to the next thing. You see somebody, well, I thought you always wanted to do this. Yeah, yeah, it was, that was last year, you know, I did that, you know, but now it's this. So, I'm lamenting. Uh, I wanted it. Uh, I really tried hard to get it, but I didn't get it. It was somebody's fault. You know, the change of government. We got a new president, or we got a, uh, they passed some laws, or, or he, his fault. I wanted that promotion, and he stole it. I, he took my boss out to lunch every day for a month to get that, you know, so he stole it from me. So I'm lamenting and I'm kind of hating you a little bit. 
you can see where material desires will deliver us. It never rarely enters into our mind that perhaps he's a better choice. Well, all I know is I wanted that promotion. And because I wanted it, I conceived that I deserve it. You see? So, does that make any sense? Okay. Number 13. When there is an increase in the mode of ignorance, foursome of Kuru, darkness, inertia, madness, and illusion are manifested. So, increase of the mode of ignorance, darkness, inertia. What is inertia? In this case, it means just kind of real laziness. Yeah, laziness. I'll do it later. You know. Well, don't you think you should do it now? Hey, man, don't be such a buzzkill. Manana, manana, manana. You live in Texas. That's home. Manana, manana, manana. Tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. Leave me alone. Set him up again, Sam. You know. <laughs> so, uh, madness. We're, what, what's Krishna talking about here? Madness and delusion. Does that mean you have to be checked into the local nut house or something? No, but you are uh, more on the bodily platform. That's spiritual madness. I am believing that I am this body. And I'm struggling and, and hankering to enjoy it. You see, that's madness, spiritual madness. No, you're not. Uh, and this is not going to give you any ripened fruit whatsoever. It's going to give you a hangover or drunken driving. Take, you know, it's, it just leads. You know, people get into a fight when they get high. In practically every uh, park, public park in America, they don't allow any alcohol consumption. Do you know why? Because people get in fights. <laughs> you know, I asked this policeman one time, uh, I think I was in Honolulu, this policeman walking by and I was looking at the sign, no this, no that, and I said, you know, I go into parks to walk a lot and chant and, Everywhere I go, it says no alcohol, you know, no golf. I can understand that. When did they start that and why? Officer says, As people drink, they get into fights. You know, they come, may come out here on a holiday, 4th of July. It's a family thing. Everybody's buddies. And after a few rounds, they're fighting. Sometimes people hurt or even kill each other, you know, so... Wherever that is, there's a danger. Why do you think they have bouncers in bars? They don't have bouncers in restaurants. You know? Or at Walmart. They don't have bouncers at Walmart. See what I mean? But 
bars are, are known to have bouncers. I don't know if they all have them, but you know. Bars where I grew up in Chicago when I was a kid, I, uh, I mean, they were like down the street, so we, we would go in there and play sometimes and because uh, we knew the owners. And they all had baseball bats, shotguns, pistols, and big guys with no neck, you know. Hey, the boss says you gotta leave. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> so you can see this is madness. No way to live. You came in here for happy hour, wanting to be happy, but you're not happy and you're not making anybody in here happy. So we're going to throw you out on the street, you know, and then the police are going to arrest you for being drunk in public. And you may say, but I didn't want to be drunk in public. I want to be drunk in the bar. So that, but they threw me out. So you should arrest them. See, this is a <laughs> twisted, intoxicated madness. You know. Okay, next one. Fourteen. Yeah. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> you got plenty of practice here. When one dies in the mode of goodness, he attains to the pure higher planets of the great sages. So, death in the mode of goodness is promotion to the higher planets. They say, get to planets of the devas, the, the demigods, the higher planets, you see. Ah, uh, however, that's not the best place to end up now, is it? Maybe really good for a long, long time, but ultimately when your punya wears out, uh, you have to come back to where you started. You, you come back, so it's better than maybe going downward or taking an animal birth, but, you know, and it's what most people are looking for. People that consider themselves religious, they want to go to a higher planet. You call it heaven, or uh, the Nordic people call it Valhalla. You've heard of that? Valhalla, the Danes and the Vikings, and they believed if a warrior uh, was valiant in battle, he was killed, he would attain Valhalla. Or heaven or you know whatever so I get a higher place so what's the advantage why do I want a higher place because I get to enjoy there you know it's great what's well, better than Hawaii it's like Hawaii on steroids you see it's fabulous and uh, I get to go there and I get to enjoy well what about God oh I'm sure he's there too somewhere you see, so this is pious, and it's good to to uh, strive to achieve the heavenly plans. This is pious. I have a question. Yeah. 
So like, um, but uh, as Krishna says, like whatever you think while you're dying, that's where you'll go. So the mode of goodness, people are always thinking about the higher planets. That's where you're going. Yeah, or they're in that mode, and to enable them to to be in that consciousness, you know, they live a good life. So yeah, and they they will be thinking, oh, I'm going to heaven. You see. So haven't they get? Who, who determines what is, I live a good life? I mean, what, what does that mean when, it's, when it comes to being highest? Yeah, it's pretty much up to Yamaraj. Mm. That's, a good, that's a good point. Because everybody, to some degree, thinks they're good. Right. Adolf Hitler thought he was doing the best thing possible for Germany. And he did a lot of good things. But he thought by exterminating one race that I would be helping another. So he, he felt like, I don't know why everybody hates me. I'm a pretty nice guy looking out for everybody. Except some people. You see, so um, left up to me, I'm going to tell you, I'm a nice guy. How many times have you ever heard anybody say, I'm a really rotten person. I deserve to go to hell. Maybe after they're drunk or something, but if you ask people, people introduce me. Well, I'm like, my name is Bob Smith. I'm a really rotten guy. You know? So, yeah. All right. Next. 15. Would you like to try it, Mother? Rajasi Pralayam Gatva Karma Sangeshu Jayate Tata Pralina Samasa Samasi Mudha Yonishu Jayate When one dies in the mode of passion, he takes the birth among those engaged in fruitive activities, and when one dies in the mode of ignorance, he takes birth in the animal kingdom. This animal kingdom, Mudha Yonishu. So, uh, if anybody ever calls you a Mudha, that's not a compliment. <laughs> yeah, if you die in the mode of passion, take birth amongst those engaged in fruitive activities. Basically, I think in the next few verses that will be explained as you stay here, right. or a place like this, an earthly planet. You're struggling to achieve, and if that's your nature, just a, a struggler to achieve, well, you're going to start out another birth with zero, you know, and you'll struggle to achieve some more, elbow to elbow with others that are struggling to achieve. Competition. It's one thing about the mode of passion. There's always extreme competition. I want it and you want it. So does he. I gotta outdo you guys. At the same time, I have to make you think I'm your friend. You see, if I'm good enough at that, then I could be a politician and convince you that I'm really looking out for you and this great nation. They don't say that so much anymore, but all through my childhood, I remember 
people running for office would speak of America as this great nation, you know. So I think that's become a little too obvious. So now they have other tricks up their sleeves. You know, they're all thieves and liars. Well, they say, make America great again. <laughs> <laughs> it'll make America great again. It's not great anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Which was, uh, you know where he got that from? He got that from uh, Ronald Reagan. That was Ronald Reagan's slogan, except Ronald said, let's make America great again. And so he used make America, he just dropped the let's, because he was saying, it's, a, it's kind of interesting to look at the slogans from past presidents. You can study that, and they're all, they all have some, yeah, whatever. Just, just get me elected, you know. <laughs> I've never stolen anything from anybody. I'm just asking for the chance. <laughs> Where's my speech writer? I can't write. <laughs> uh, yeah, and if you're in, if you die in the mode of ignorance, you take birth in the animal kingdom or lesser, lower planets, depending on how ignorant you are. So, Chaitanya Lila. Kamana, Kamana Sukritashtahu Satitvadikam Nimbalamparam the result of pious activities is pure and is said to be in the mode of goodness. But action done in the mode of passion results in a misery, and action performed in the mode of ignorance results in foolishness. So you can have your choice between uh, purity, misery, or foolishness. That kind of sums this verse up, doesn't it? Well, you can, uh, in the mode of goodness, there's some purity there. The way you deal with people and situations, uh, there's some purity if you're in the mode of goodness. Uh, if you're in the mode of passion, then it's going to cause you misery because I'm trying so hard. And, uh, and so are you. So it pits me against you. You see, uh, there's no good way, there's no good end for that. It results in misery. And if I pursue the mode of ignorance, then I'm just going to end up in foolishness. Yeah. So passion's not a good thing, right? According to what you can decide. Well, depends on, it's like if you have, uh, I like this example. If I have a, a pistol, a gun, is that a good or a bad thing? Well, the question is, what's good and bad? Well, the answer is, what are your intentions? So if I have a pistol and I'm going to use it to protect you, it's very good, isn't it? But if I'm going to point it at you, it's not good. So... 
is passion good or bad? It depends on your intent. A knife is neither good nor bad. A man hand holding a knife is neither good nor bad. But the intention that that man has, what he wants to do with that knife, determines good from bad. Prophet used that analogy. You got one man over there, he has a very sharp knife, and one man over there, and he has a very sharp knife. Both of them intend to cut you. One is a thief. One's a surgeon. So this guy and his knife, good news. This guy and his knife, bad news because of the intention. So passion is good. If I use the mode of passion to serve my guru and Krishna, then passion is very good. It's very purifying. Just because we're uh, devotees doesn't mean we don't use those modes. As a matter of fact, Krishna was asking Arjuna to get in the mode of passion and kill millions of people. Yeah. I was just going to say that Puerto Ricans was not as another. <laughs> yeah, no, even if they're doctors. Unless they're cutting fruit or Unless they're cutting the mango. But even then, you better keep your eyes. That's, that's what they say in Chicago. <laughs> Huh? Are you really? Yeah, I grew up there. I mean, I wasn't born there, but. No, it was me too. Where? I didn't grow up there. I lived in Michigan. Oh, what part? What part? I lived in Rush. It's all over Michigan Avenue. Oh, okay. Drive. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's where I lived. Well, that's not Southside. Well, they used to get like. It's still hoity toity. Used to get some of the worst patients from Southside. Yeah. Oh yeah, because not far from there is. Yeah. I mean, they they kill. Uh, if you if you follow the news, I kind of look at news tidbits here and there, and like over the weekend, this weekend in Chicago, thirty nine people were shot. <laughs> you know, there's always it's always leading the nation. Yeah. And the amazing thing. They have the strictest gun control in the whole country. But gun control works, right? Like where? Does it work in New York? It's pretty dang strict in New York. We hardly have any problem with guns in Arizona. And, oh, wait a minute. We don't even have any. It's, const it's what they call constitution state. Whatever the Constitution says, which says you have a right, but there are absolutely zero restrictions in Arizona. And yet, so that's why I, I, I always like to look at details. So this is, there was a shoot up at a school. We need more gun control. Well, is that what we really need? I think we need people control. We need lunatic control, you know? But that's too complicated. Yeah, I know. But, you know, you took away the guns and California has really strict gun control. Boy, they have a lot of murders there. So it's not the guns, it's the people, isn't it? It's the lunatic element. Now, I'm not the brightest star in the sky, but I figured that one out. You know, so, all right. Who's next?
सत्वर्क संजेते नानम राजसोलोवा एवंचर समदा मोगो तमास्को बाउदो जानम एवंचर from the mode of goodness, real knowledge develops. From the mode of passion, greed develops. And from the mode of ignorance, develops foolishness, madness, and illusion. So there we go, Krishna. He's repeating it. Mode of ignorance, madness, illusion, foolishness. Again and again. I don't think Krishna is very big on the mode of ignorance. You know? So ignorance is not bliss. Huh? What's that? Not good. Yeah, it's not bliss. I say all the time, ignorance is bliss. Yeah, yeah, I hear that a lot. Usually it's spoken by people who are in the mode of ignorance. Right, absolutely. <laughs> you rarely hear anybody with real knowledge say that. Well, let's just keep everybody ignorant, then they'll all be blissful, and that'll take care of crime, right? I don't think so. You know? So, yeah. Uh, and again, Krishna is associating greed with a mode of passion. Greedy. Um, if you're greedy to serve Krishna, that's lalyam, lusty to serve Krishna. That's good. That'll make you happy. You see, your endeavor in the mode of passion to serve Krishna will make Krishna happy and you happy, and it'll please those around you. When they see that kind of greed to serve Krishna, people are enlivened. Yeah. Whenever kind of um, like an anxiety is some result, because we see that it will increase the distress of different persons in our lives. Say that again. Like we're, we're in the mode of passion to get a result, mm -hmm. because we see it will decrease the anxiety of some people around us. Well, then that's that's kind of a mixing between goodness and passion. You see, I want a good outcome because I want to help people be less. Uh, troubled. And so that's my passion. I'm working hard towards that end. If you can purify that by aiming that desire at pleasing Guru and Krishna, well, then the method of how you decrease everyone's suffering will change. You see? Do I decrease their suffering from uh, taking away their guns? Do I decrease their suffering from giving them money? Or do I decrease their suffering by giving them Krishna? You give them Krishna, and then all their problems go away. You see? So just increase the Krishna Yeah. Yeah. And then they'll affect others like that. Does that make any sense? What's the next one? 18? Who wants to try? Uh, yeah, it's, it's you. You're up again. Yeah. Those situated in the mode of goodness gradually go upward to the higher planets. Those in the mode of passion live on the earthly planets, and those in the abominable mode of ignorance go down to the hellish worlds. You know, out of ignorance, you're hell bound. Or an animal, you know, maybe an animal in hell, who knows? <laughs> so, uh, I mean, we can see again and again 
the destiny of these modes when you get in them. Uh, higher planets, good, but not the real answer. Uh, staying on Earth and competing with everybody else. Now, a lot of people would say, hey, I'll take that. You mean I get to stay here? <laughs> That's what you want? Sure, go for it. But wouldn't you rather, no, no, I think this is great because I didn't make it this lifetime, but you give me another life and I'll become richer than, what's his name? Bezos. Yeah. I'll have Bezos in one pocket and uh, Warren Buffett in another. And what's, his, what's the other rich guy? Bill Gates. Bill Gates, I'll have him in the other. I'll have Bill Gates for my butler. Just give me that. Jesus. Yeah. I'll come back to Earth. So, uh, it's unfortunate, isn't it? Is it 19? Uh, it's kind of a follow-up with my previous question. Say you're in, you're in the mode of passion to relieve the distress of a devotee. Say, like, like he's a doctor, like, so say he, he gives him the mode of passion, like a, a devotee sprains your ankle, and he gives him the mode of passion to go get him some things. And this, I mean, it's like a material body, but at the same time, it's a devotee's body. So but that's that? devotional service. See, things that we want to do in bhakti yoga, in devotional service, they're not good, they're not passionate, and they're not ignorant. They're in the mode of pure goodness. Your zeal to do that service may uh, employ that mode of passion. It may appear that way, but you're still in the mode of pure goodness. You're above the modes, which means you're not being controlled by the modes, which means you're controlling the modes. So I need passion to serve, the, to save this devotee, you see. Or passion forces you because you find yourself in it. Because ultimately, what's the controlling force? It's the modes. Krishna says that in one of these verses. If he hasn't said it already, but it's coming soon. Part of self-realization is realizing that nothing but the modes are active. You find yourself in a mode, it's driving you. You find yourself in, in pure goodness, you're outside the modes, and now you may grab this mode or that mode to help you in your devotional service. So you can like catch a wave. Yeah, yeah, you catch a wave. It's like using the wind to fly a kite. Yeah, you harness it for your benefit to benefit Guru and Krishna. So your zeal is, is the same as someone else's. You're trying as hard, if not harder, than the guy who wants to make lots of money. <clears throat> you see? Does that make any sense? Yeah. All right. Good questions. Yeah. <clears throat> many of you grenades are Trust 
Like one problem we see is that all is that if all activity is motor performance without work, that this modes of nature he knows the Supreme Lord is transcendental to all these modes. He attains he attains my spiritual nature. Yeah, I knew it was coming up soon. When one is pop uh, when one properly sees that in all activities no other performer is at work than these modes of nature. If you're uh, in material consciousness, you're in a mode. And that mode is the, is the one who's acting. You're acting, but it's acting through you. It becomes your, it's using, it's catching uh, your wave, you see. It's using your desires to work. So, like we said, you transcend the modes by being in a mode of pure goodness, then uh, the modes aren't effective on you. You're, you're in pure goodness. Although, to the untrained eye, you may seem just as assertive as anybody else. Or you may look lazy because you're kind of sleepy because you're up all night at Krishna Cove and you went to Mangalarti the next morning. Ram and Ram Ram Ram. Ram 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 Ram. Have you ever seen that guy? Yes. Have you ever been that guy? <laughs> but there's a person who that, that often ends up It happens to lots of people. You know. It's funny when we remember goofy chanting habits. You know. Somebody real, real uh, sleepy in Joppa time. And they're not thinking about what they're chanting. They're thinking about something else. They may get hung up on, on Ram. Ram and Ram, 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 Ram. And I always wonder who is, who is, who is Eddie Krishna? Who is this Eddie Krishna? There's either. Eddie Krishna, Eddie Krishna, Krishna. Air conditioner. Air conditioner, yeah. Air conditioner. <laughs> Usually people like that are kind of frizzy. <laughs> or Ray, you know. Ray Krishna, Ray Krishna. <laughs> and then they get to. Facebook by devotees. Well, when they go on Harinam, they say Ramo, or they sing Ramo. Yeah, because they want to be artistic. Yeah. <laughs> Prabhupada did not like that when people would. He did not like it. Who is this Ramo? <laughs> There's a conversation between him and Vishnu John Swami, you know, when Prabhupada was saying. Who is this problem? 
Why are you ruining this movement? <laughs> so, um, yeah, so therefore we need to transcend the modes. Otherwise, they will, uh, they will control us. Okay, number 20. Who's next? You want to go? Did you want to give a shot at number 20? Sanskrit uh, and English. When the embodied being is able to transcend these three modes associated with the material body, he can become free from birth, death, old age, and bear distresses, and can enjoy nectar even in this life. Excellent. Whenever you see that day he, that refers to the body. You know we're talking about that's embodied, being embodied, talking about our current position. Uh, old age and their distresses, uh, death, old age and their distresses. You can enjoy that nectar of being free from them even in this life. This is a very important understanding. We're not saying uh, do this all your life and then when you die, you get their return. No, you get it now. Krishna says it here, even in this life. When the embodied uh, being is able to transcend these modes associated with the material body, get out of bodily consciousness, he becomes free from birth, death, old age, and their distresses, and can enjoy nectar even in this life. You get to live a Krishna conscious life. You get to live a nectarian life. Whether you're rich or poor, you've got a nectarian life. If you are rich, you can use your wealth in that consciousness to further Krishna consciousness. If you're poor, then you'll use whatever you have to further Krishna consciousness. If you're still going to be you see, some people may have great wealth. I've seen many great, uh, highly wealthy people that use their wealth to spread this movement. You know, Ambarish Prabhu was one. He's, he gave $27 million to the uh, TOVP in Mayapur. And that's on top of many other millions he's given throughout the decades. And he's the heir to the to the Ford family. He's the great-grandson of Henry Ford, you see. So, so we actually see that this isn't... Now, do you think that all through the decades of him giving millions of dollars, do you think that gave him... Did he taste the nectar? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how much nectar do you think it would give you? If you could give $27 million to a project that was near and dear Prabhupada's heart. Inconceivable. Inconceivable. You sure you wouldn't rather have the money? I'd rather give it to Prabhupada. Yeah. In a heartbeat. Then if I can look in my account, 
and see, oh, look at that, 27 million bigots, you know. So that may give me some concept of material nectar, but then I've got to worry that somebody's going to steal it from me or cheat me out of it, or I've got to have accountants that account my accountants, you know. Wealthy people do things like that, you know. They have people that are, they, they actually hire spies to live amongst them, to watch, and they look like innocent people. Maybe they're acting like butlers, but they're really just kind of looking to see who's stealing from you. And I know somebody is. <laughs> what a life, you know. <laughs> Somebody gives you a compliment? Is it because I'm rich? Probably. You know. Yeah, you want to be my friend? Yeah, because I got the cha-ching. Okay. 21. Who's next? I'm here. Gunan, Etan, Etito, Bhavati, Prado, Kim, Acharaha, Kaltam, Kaitams, Trin, Gunan, Ativartate. Very good. Arjuna inquired, O oh my dear Lord, by which symptoms in one, uh, is one known who is transcendental to these three modes? What is his behavior, and how does he transcend the modes of nature? Wow. Arjuna's really paying attention, isn't he? This is a great question. <laughs> you know, my dear Lord, by which symptoms is one who is transcendental, uh, transcendental to these uh, three modes. What is his behavior, and how does he transcend these modes? Wow. That's what I'd want to know. You're talking about tasting nectar in this lifetime, if you could. Okay, so what, by what symptoms is one who, who transcends these modes? What is his behavior, and how did he do it? You know, I mean, Arjuna's ready. Well, yeah, because Krishna set that question up, didn't he? So he's saying, how? According to what you just said, how? What are the symptoms? How do I know when the symptoms are starting to manifest when I'm getting there? See, so this is this is spot on. You can tell, you can see this wonderful uh, conversation between Arjuna and Krishna, 22 through 25. This is a, a really great verse. Uh, these, these verses here are really fabulous for giving class. I mean, there's a whole, you know, anytime somebody wants you to give a Bhagavad Gita class just like that, this is one of those verses you can come to that, that you can talk about. And there's a class right there just by reading the, the translation. Here, I'll read it. Shri Bhagavan Vacha Prakasamcha Pravita Dvimcha Mohameva Cha Pandava Nadwe 
nadvesti sam pravitani nam nivritani kam kashat udasino yad asino unarya na vichawate guna vartana itye evam yo vatishatati ningate samaduka uh, you know, who knows what we're talking about when Krishna starts talking about sukha and dukkha. Happiness and distress. Yeah, happiness and distress. Sama dukkha sukha swastaha samaloshtamsa kanchanaha tuya priya priyo diras. Diras, what is diras? Undisturbed dira. Peaceful. Tu ya nanda nasamstitu mana pamanayos tu yas tu yo mitra ripakasho sarvamra sarvambraha parityagi gunati kasa uchate. Sometimes I have to wait for the words to quit moving around. So here's the translation. The Supreme Personality of Godhead said, Oh, son of Pandu, he who does not hate illumination, attachment, and delusion when they are present or long for them when they disappear, who is unwavering and undisturbed through all these reactions of sinful, or excuse me, of material qualities, remaining neutral and transcendental, knowing that the modes alone are active, who is situated in the self and regards alike happiness and distress, who looks upon a lump of earth, a stone, and a piece of gold with an equal eye, who is equal toward, toward the desirable and the undesirable, who is steady, situated equally well in praise and blame, honor and dishonor, who treats alike both friend and enemy, and who has renounced all material activities, such a person is said to have transcended the modes of nature. You see how you can take each part of this and discuss, you can easily get a class on that, see? Uh, one who does not hate illumination and attachment and illusion, when they are there, or long for them when they disappear. When you've transcended the, the modes, you don't hate, period. We don't hate those guys, we don't hate these guys. Well, you gotta hate somebody. Well, you're Democrat or Republican, you gotta hate somebody. No, I don't, because I'm neither nor. I'm equipoised and unbiased in the middle. So therefore I can make a decision without bias from this crowd or that crowd. So people have a tendency, if I, if I have a, uh, a view that's different from theirs, well, that means you're on that side. No, I'm in the middle. What does it say? Krishna says here, uh, What does it mean to hate illumination? Uh, some people want to stay um, unilluminated. 
you know, because I'm in the modes. Uh, whatever you say, it might be better to, to go to church and become a better Christian or be a Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna and all that stuff, but I don't want that illumination. I've got my goal. I'm going to make a million bucks by the time I'm 25 and my first billion by the time I'm 30. I don't need your... I've got my career goals. Or I don't care what you say, man. Uh, I just really want to get a buzz going and I'll think about that stuff some other time. (laughs) You know? So... Elimination, attachment, and delusion to hate them or to long for them when they're gone and uh, when they're not there. One who is unwavering and undisturbed through all these reactions of the material qualities. Remaining neutral and transcendental. Bingo. The devotee is neutral and transcendental. I don't care whose rights you're fighting for. And I don't care how bad you say those guys over there are. I'm looking out for all of you. You know, I'm looking out for all of you. If you listen to me, I'm going to give you... See, I'm in a neutral. Well, I can see some good in what you say. I can see some good in what you say. But I'm neither a you or a you. I don't... The, the, the glove doesn't fit on either hand here. You see, you got your thing that you're fanatic about, and you hate him because he's got his thing he's fanatic about. And because of that, you're blinded by bias. And by, bias is blinding. One devotee friend of mine, Krishna Kirti Prabhu, uh, he has the highest, I don't know if he's still, he's retired now, but he used to have the highest security clearance that you could possibly a- attain. Higher than the president. Now you may think, well, the president would know. Now, why did he have that? Because he worked on the computer system for the Department of Justice to build their firewall. So he had to see a lot of secret stuff. So anyway, he worked for the government for a long time. And um, anyway, when something, an entity like the government, uh, not the Democrats or the Republicans, I'm saying talking about the government, when they have to make a decision, if they're wrong, lives could, could, people could die. Lots of people could die. So when they run experiments to see the outcomes of different decisions, They cannot be biased. The purest scientific endeavor is unbiased. I don't run experiments looking for a certain this or a certain that. You see, I run the experiment and I study the outcome. You see, so bias cannot be there or else you're disqualified. Your opinion is no good. Because you're biased. You see, now if you're biased towards Krishna consciousness, that's a different kind of bias. So that's why they're all fools. They're all idiots. One's biased, just like we were talking, you know. Um, The gun activists may think everybody should have a gun. You should be forced to have one. Because they're biased. 
And then the people who don't really like guns, they think nobody should have them because they're biased. Who's thinking with a clear head here? You know, so you can, uh, you can count the number of people who are thinking clearly in this world probably on one hand, mm-hmm. you know. So who thinks clearly? Devotees are neutral and transcendental. Although some devotees are slightly uh, motivated by the modes, but we're getting over it, you know. So there's some bias. So it, it's really one of the most sickening things in our society right now. That so you have all these people, about half the nation, they're biased this way, and the other half is biased that way, and they all hate each other. That is completely unproductive. They're all a bunch of idiots. The only real knowledge is right here. Uh, knowing the modes alone are active. Krishna's saying this is what somebody's like when they've transcended the modes. First thing you gotta, you got to realize the modes are the only thing that's active. Who is situated in the self and regards alike happiness and distress. Doesn't sound like fun, does it? No, you regard it alike, happiness and distress. How can I do that? If I'm suffering some distress, it's probably my karma. I'm paying something back. Wow, just paid off a debt. Yeah. But I'm not shaken. The devotee's never shaken. I'm not shaken by it. You see? The devotee pretty much is always happy, even in distress. There's still some happiness. You may feel some distress, but you're immediately back and bounce right out of it. Who looks upon a lump of earth, stone, or a piece of gold with an equal eye? You see, unless I'm looking to build a temple, then I'll pick up the gold and leave the earth and the stone you know, the lump of earth, I'll leave that aside. Although I may need the stone to build the temple. So I'll take the gold and the stone. You see how the devotee thinks? Some pretty special stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, those stones. Covered on Sheila, I'll take that. Shalagram, I'll take that. Uh, who is equal towards... The desirable and the undesirable, who is already, uh, who is steady, situated equally, uh, equally well in praise or blame, honor or dishonor. This is really important. Someone is praising you or someone is uh, criticizing you. Srila Bhakti Siddhanta said, if, that, if he's criticizing me, he is my friend. If he is... Um, Praising me, he is not my friend. Because through your praise, my false ego might get out of control and I might start to believe your praise. But if he's chastising and criticizing, then I might make some advancement from him. Srila Bhakti Siddhanta. Strict. Strict with himself. See this self-discipline? So you go in praise and he's like, Whatever. 
ego criticized and he's like, well, I might learn something from this. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe you're wrong. But let me hear it. I was just going to say that's a huge thing to be equal in praise and criticism because I've read that pratista or the desire for name, fame, and recognition is like the most subtle and difficult thing to get rid of for a devotee. So if you can be well, for equal anybody. In, in praise and uh, criticism, that's that's a huge accomplishment. But these things, although it may be difficult, yeah. give it time and it'll go away. You don't want it. Well, it's not that you're turned off by it so much. You just don't. You don't need it. Yeah. Well, that's a huge accomplishment because I think most people, it's like nectar to them to hear praise and compliments. When they're <laughs> affected by the modes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, say that again. <laughs> Did you hear what he said? You know, you ever see a husband picking on you because you're married? You ever hear him? <laughs> Some, <Very too. laughs> this, this wife isn't here. <laughs> it works better when your wife is here. <laughs> you see a husband, sometimes somebody will give him a compliment and he'll turn to his wife and say, See? I see we're in the midst of an ongoing discussion here. Hold <laughs> you. So don't give me your lip anymore. The guru said I'm this or that, so. <laughs> and then she usually says, we'll talk about this when we get home. <laughs> And he's thinking, oh, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, situated equally in, uh, in praise and blame, honor and dishonor. If you get blamed for something, you might find out something about yourself. Even if you're falsely blamed. You know? There's no reason to overreact. Truth is truth. It may be your karma because you thought you got away with so many things that someone falsely blames you for something that wasn't your fault and everyone believes them. What is that? Karma. Hello, karma, my old friend. I've come to visit you again. <laughs> Just think like that. Hello, karma, my old friend. I knew I wasn't finished with you. But you know what? I can deal with you. So bring it on. Uh, who treats alike both friend and enemy? Pooh, there's a tough one, isn't it? So you got to treat them both alike. How do we do that? You transcend the concept of friend and enemy? Yeah. I may recognize you were my enemy but I still give you love and respect. Sure, there's something respectable about you. Um, doesn't mean that I can't love you. And I use this analogy alike. What if you meet a, a rattlesnake? 
Well, he's not your friend. He's your enemy if you get close to him. Because he'll kill you. So, I respect him by keeping my distance. My dear friend, go forth, be happy. And I'll even throw in a Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Now I'm leaving. See you later. Bye. Mm. You know. So we can we have some vision on the material platform that this person is an enemy. He's an enemy because he's going to interfere with my material desires. So therefore, I don't like him, and I'm finding fault with him, and I think he's a jerk. And why is he a jerk? Because he disagrees with me. Isn't that reason enough? Are you my friend? See how this, the modes work on us? When people get angry at, at their friends if they don't agree with you for disliking somebody else. Yeah, I thought you were my friend. <laughs> yeah, I wanted you to choose sides. Like when people, we're so, since we're talking about marriage, when two people divorce, you know, they want to know, each one, well, whose side are you on? Like when we split, who you... Well, I like you both. I'm not going through a divorce. You're still, can't you be my friend? And he's my friend too. I should have expected that from you. you know? <laughs> I want you to be, I want you to get in the modes with me. So sometimes if you're not in the modes with someone, there's some friction because you're not in the modes. And if you don't, if you're not in the mode, you won't let that bother you. Whatever you say, I'm always going to be your friend. No matter what you say or do, I'm always going to be your friend. Or at least I'll try to be. And it's okay if you, if you choose not to be my friend. It's not what I want, but it's okay. I respect that choice. Now, off you go. See you later. You know. Some of these people you can't associate with intimately. But when you are around them, you have to give them some respect. Uh, one who's renounced all material activities, that means you're doing all of your activities as an offering to Krishna. Is that true about devotees too? Huh? Like when you said some of these people you can't bless. Yes. You may... Yes. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you have to respect them from a little bit of a distance. Okay. Was it cold? Yeah, it was yeah. cold. Well, it's because it's like hitting us dark. I was thinking, I, I thought I took a shower. No. <laughs> I hate it when I forget. <laughs> That's kind of like borderline ghoul opera, isn't it? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, one who's renounced material, all material activities, performing all of your activities as an offering to Guru and Krishna. That's how you do that. Such a person is said to have transcended the modes of nature. So, I think we got about three verses left, huh? So, let's, we'll skip the Sanskrit and just go for it, huh? Full court press. There's two more. Two more? Yeah. One who engages in full devotional service, unfailing in all circumstances, 
at once transcends the modes of nature, uh, of material nature, and thus comes to the level of Brahman. Uh, what is this level of Brahman? What do you think, Atul Govinda? What the heck is Krishna talking about here? So you want me to be an impersonalist? I mean, the holistic Brahman, including Bhagavad. Yeah. Yeah, enlightenment. Basically, I've transcended this I am my body consciousness. So, but can I ask you a question? You mentioned non-personalism, but what about somebody who is an impersonalist? Can they transcend the three modes of nature? Well, if they're a true impersonalist, we would expect that they already some degree have. They've taken the first step towards it. They are out of bodily consciousness. Uh, they think I, I am a spirit, soul. This is like so they, bodies, as opposed to Maya bodies? Yeah, well, those are my, these are Maya bodies. The impersonists, they're Maya bodies. So I've achieved my sat feature as a soul. I realize my eternality and that I'm part they can't hold it forever like a devotee is eternally liberated. But the yeah. personalists, they can't hold that for eternal. They may keep it for a long time, yeah. but, you know, it's not fulfilling because they don't receive their cheat potency. In other words, they're still out of knowledge. And they certainly haven't achieved Ananda, which comes with Bhagavan, Krishna. So... Uh, Brahman, I understand I'm not my body. I'm an eternal part of the cosmic universe. You know. And uh, if I can achieve Paramatma realization, I realize super soul. So now I have uh, Sat and Chit. Uh, I have eternality and knowledge. And if I can somehow get Bhagwan, now I have Krishna which includes love, ecstasy, loving exchange. If, if, you, if you skip over the first two and get Krishna, you've got the others. But if you just go step by step, those aren't complete. They're not, it's not enough to keep you happy and feel like I got it all. You get Krishna, you've got it all. Because like they say that um, the yoga system is nearly impossible, but hardly anybody is even. Yeah, who can who can even do that in this age? You know. Sometimes we see people there's talking about practicing Ashtanga yoga. No. Come on. We read about it. If they knew what it really was, come on. No. Yeah. So this level of Brahman is the Satchitananda feature? Uh, no, this is the Sat feature. Okay. So, but you're saying one who engages in full devotional service. He has it all. He has Satchitananda. Yeah. So that's this Brahman. Yeah, yeah. What about in the case of those Maya, well, I don't know how many different types of Maya bodies there are, but what about the Maya bodies who think they're God? Yeah, I mean, that's part of that. 
that still sat realized? A, a lot of lot. Yeah, they they that's they have their sat. I'm eternal. Hmm. If I'm God, I'm eternal. I, see. I am God, and so are you. We're all God. Yeah. So yeah, that's. It's not uncommon in the Mayavads, the Mayavadis, to to feel that. Mm -hmm. I am God, you were God. You were, it's all God. So they, they get the part one. where we're the same quality as God, but they don't get the part where he's a much bigger quantity. Yeah, because they don't. They don't even go to the super soul. They don't even go that far. Because I am God. We're all God. Hare Krishna. <laughs> Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Come in here. Yeah. Come in. Come in. Come in. Come in. Come in. Yeah. And then, 27 and final, Krishna says, I am the basis of the impersonal Brahman. Whoa. Which is uh, immortal, imperishable, and eternal, and is the conditional position, uh, a constitutional position of ultimate happiness. What is he saying here? Happiness. Yeah, the Maya body has happiness. He's not in like anxiety because he's out of the body. It's a liberated stage. That is liberation, moksha. Liberated into the Brahmajyoti. So he's happy, but he's not ecstatic because he doesn't have uh, full knowledge. So he's still kind of clueless because what the Mayavadi doesn't know is like everything. All he's learned is that I am eternal and somehow or other he made it into that. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and he can stay there if he wants to. He's not going to want to forever. He's going to come back. He'll come back to where he left, you see. So he's not, uh, he doesn't have a Paramatma realization. So he doesn't yet know that there, and he doesn't think that there's anything beyond him. There's nothing higher than me. So and he may be happy. But he's not going to, just happiness isn't going to keep him going. Because he is without, he's in a world without love. What is, the, who do you love if you're in the Brahmajyoti, if you're in the light? What is there to love? You see, you may be really glad that you made it there. You're not troubled by the uh, anxieties of the body. You see? So things may be going pretty good for you, but you're going to start to hanker for something better. You're still, at some point, you're still going to question, is there something beyond this? Now, along with that might be, hey, do you think there's a God? Well, I'm not so sure that I am God. 
you know? Because if I'm the source of everything, I don't feel very resourceful right now. I'm happy and I'm here and it's great, but this is it. So it's they, incomplete. They don't have to serve God because they feel that they are God. So right. It might be a threatening idea to them to think there is a God because now I've got to serve him. <laughs> right. If there is a God, then gee whiz, if, if, if there's a God that has a personality, well, then that personality may want something from me. And it might be something I don't want to do. So, yeah, so that's why I, I, this is the only liberation that I want. And I've convinced myself that the, this is all there is. Yeah. And I, I feel like the next verse really is from the, the last one. Yeah. And I am the basis of the impersonal of the mind, which is immortal, imperishable, and eternal, and is the constitutional position of ultimate happiness. Yeah, Krishna. Uh, Krishna is there, really always encouraging us to come to me. Now, it's not that he's lonely. He's got innumerable innumerable Lakshmis, goddesses of fortune, innumerable. So he's not lacking in friends, but he wants you. But Krishna, you've got all the others. Yes, but I'm missing you. You make the story complete. You know, at least as far as what you do for me, that gap that you feel, that loving exchange that you feel, right? I want that. You see? And you're the only one that can keep me from getting it. So I need to somehow or other, without removing your free will, I need to persuade you to come back to me. Now, how do I do that? <laughs> so Krishna's got all these tricks up his sleeve. Send you devotees, prasadam, the holy name, Shastra, you know, allows you the mercy of karma. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you, you get to do good and receive good. You do bad, uh, and then you receive bad. So he allows you that mercy, that ongoing uh, mercy. Okay, any questions or discussion? I was just going to say, uh, um, it seems like there's two classes of Brahman realized that one is innocent, like the Sukadeva uh, Goswami or the four Kumaras. Mm. They just they reach the level of Brahman through this practice, and then they they gradually get the mercy of the Lord. And then the other is, I think, inimical or envious, competitive. Yeah. And then they can come back down and yeah. suffer again in the modes of nature. That was just. The, the Brahman realization is iffy. Mm -hmm. It's pivotal. You could fall either way. It's like it's kind of like a razor's edge. Hard to stay there because uh, of many different challenges. But it's hard to maintain that. You may be very stubborn and cling to it for a long, long, long millions of Earth years, 
but ultimately you're going to abandon it. Given enough time, and you're away from time in that sphere. You're away from time. But still, that doesn't take away uh, the emptiness you feel from not having Krishna. Love, loving exchange. I ask people that, that, that say they want to go merge into the light. Well, who will you love? How will you exchange love? Oh, it, it'll be there. Well, how do you know? What makes you think that? What's the proof of that? What's the indication of that? Basically, uh, they're blinded by the desire, the same desire that the Buddhists are blinded by when they're uh, trying to get nirvana. Cessation of material suffering. You know? Shanti, I'll get peace. So it's all, if I could just get peace from all this crap, that's heaven. So if that's what you think, off you go, go get it. But once you get peace, uh, how, long, how long will that last without you want something? Now that I'm peaceful, maybe I can enjoy something higher. What's higher? So to do that, you have to come back. And try again. All right. Thank you all so much. And glories to Sri Prabhupada. Sri Mad Bhagavad Gita. Jai. Get you another Prabhupada. Jai. Okay, we made it through. We made it through. It took, it took two tries, but we made it through. Everybody ready for Harinam? Harinam. Harinam, are you okay? Hey. I hate two more